Hello and welcome to the Resilient Leader podcast brought to you by Firestarter Business Solutions, igniting and sustaining your business growth. This new podcast series is all about finding out what makes business leaders tick and, in particular, how they deal with the ups and downs that are an inevitable part of being the boss. We'll be meeting lots of different business leaders from many different companies and organisations and hopefully finding out about their approach to business success in an uncertain world. And if we're lucky, picking up a few hints and tips as we go. My name is Dave Harris and today I'm very happy to welcome Philip Chalk, who's the director at Hillcrest Search Limited. Philip is a highly experienced recruiter, having worked in executive search since 2001. He specialises in search assignments for key individuals ranging from technical and strategic management through to senior board appointments. As I said, he's director at Hillcrest Search and has been with them, well he actually founded the company, since 2009. Philip, welcome to the podcast. Before we talk a little bit about leadership and that sort of thing, uh, tell me a little bit about your role at Hillcrest, what, what you actually do there. Good morning, Dave. Um, I'm Managing Director of Hillcrest Search, which, as you say, I founded in 2009 with my wife, Lucy. And uh, we found that the executive search market perhaps needed uh, a different approach from some of the larger organisations. So uh, we personally recruit and search for uh, senior individuals, uh, mainly board appointments across a variety of sectors from financial services to aerospace and defence to the motor sector. So really a very broad approach, but very much at the senior level. And, and I think that's really why I was so uh, interested to talk to you for this podcast, Philip. It's not so much the fact that you've got a big team yourself, because I, I know you, you don't have particularly, but you over the years have met, interviewed, recommended, put in place hundreds and hundreds of senior people who have been and are going on to lead big teams and all that sort of thing. So you, in a way, have a really unique insight, I would have thought, into what makes leaders tick. I mean, would that be fair? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's quite surprising the variety of individuals uh, that you meet who have either led or are intending to lead both small and, and huge organisations um, and their various uh, skill sets and attributes uh, differ widely. But as you say, whilst I don't currently lead a huge team, I have led teams in, in my past and it is surprising, as I say, the, the variety of skill sets and attributes that, that leaders have. And I, I, from those interviews and, and, and my experience, I can draw on that and hopefully identify some attributes that these individuals have that make you know, to make good leaders and good leadership. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask you about some of those attributes later in the podcast. But before we do that, let me um, talk to you a bit more generally about the theme of this podcast, which is resilience in a leader. And and I wonder if you could tell me what you think about the importance of that, and whether you think, in your experience as a leader yourself, and and having met many many leaders over the years, do you think resilience is a key quality in a leader? Absolutely. I work predominantly in the financial services sector and the financial services sector has been through many, many changes over the last 20 or so years. And so you know, the leaders in, in a, of an organisation need to be resilient to all the changes, the ups and downs, all the adversity that comes and goes. And this, this recent pandemic, uh, particularly for the financial services sector, is, is, is just another example of where leaders need to be resilient in their approach and, and in their planning in order to, to move forward and, and to stay viable. And you say it's just another example, but I, I wonder, is, is there something a bit different about this crisis because it's been a, 
so universal. It's a worldwide crisis. It's affected, well, everybody, I would guess, in, in, to a greater or lesser extent. So do you think the, our resilience, leaders' resilience, has been tested more than normal in, in this crisis? I would say so, absolutely. Um, and and in, particularly in sectors that perhaps haven't had so many ups and downs, um, obviously it's going to be a huge hit. Some of those leaders perhaps haven't experienced something like this in, in their entire careers. And so absolutely, it is, it is very different. But as I say, there are some sectors that have um, experienced challenges in the past. And I think those, are, those leaders are perhaps better prepared because they have that experience of adversity and how, those, uh, how they can meet those challenges and overcome those challenges, as opposed to perhaps those leaders in sectors that, are, that haven't been so adversely affected previously and who this has come as a, as a huge surprise. So let me ask you a little bit about your personal experience of, of leadership, resilience and, and the last six months, this current crisis. What do you feel have been the most challenging aspects for you and your business? For me, it's been not knowing the, the future date. Um, I think th this is part of this pandemic that has really caused most upset, is that I think if, if business and businesses knew when the end date would be, then they could plan accordingly. You know, if, there, if there's going to be you know, six months of, of downtime uh, or you know, a fixed period, then leaders can very easily work towards those timescales. But it's that not knowing exactly when this is going to be over and to what extent it's going to be over, I think has been the real challenge. And so for me, that's really been where the difficulty uh, lies is, is in knowing wh when is the end date, what date are we working to, and then creating that future vision to push our business on and to carry on our business as we as we had done six months ago. And have you found your customers have been more reluctant, perhaps, to carry on recruiting as normal? Well, it, it, it's strange because the, the last half of last year was was pretty difficult with with Brexit and and the uh, not not knowing who would be leading the country, uh, and then. When Boris uh, was elected, love him or loathe him, uh, at least uh, the country had a sense of direction uh, and knew in general terms which way it was going. And so businesses started to plan accordingly. And so January and February were, were busy, busy periods. But then, of course, the pandemic came along and absolutely um, a lot of our recruitment flatlined. Uh, we were fortunate enough that three or four key clients continued to recruit and continue the process for their roles which we did on a virtual basis, on a video basis. So, you know, that stood us in good stead. Um, but I know a lot of uh, my ex-colleagues uh, within the recruitment industry who literally saw no business whatsoever for, for six months. But now, looking back over the last six weeks, a lot of those clients we spoke to previously have come back to us and said, right, we, we need to push on now. We can't stand still any longer. Um, you know, we just have to, to carry on with our plans and, and, uh, and hopefully we're making the right decisions. I wonder if you could tell me, given what you've just said, do you have any particular techniques that help you maintain your resilience? You know, good habits or, or rituals, routines, that sort of thing that you think, you know, just sort of basically builds up that resilience? Yes. Uh, going back probably 20 years or so ago, I, I, I was a, a great reader of a lot of what were then called the motivational speakers. And I know some people are a little adverse to some of the, some of the particularly the American um, motivational speakers, but I, I did a lot of reading around the subject. And, and it's, it's strange how some of those uh, little tips and sayings come to haunt me 20 years on. 
one of the things and one of the adages that I live by, by a guy called Zig Ziglar, and he's, he said that you'll only get in life what you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And for me, that's been crucial throughout my career in knowing that if I help enough other people get what they want, ultimately, I will do the same. And so, yes, I can look very internally and, 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 do, and you know, feel worries me and look how hard it is for me, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if you look outwardly at those that perhaps don't have what you have and, and express some gratitude for what you do have and help others achieve what they want to achieve, then ultimately, um, it will come back to you and you will you will get what you know, you're looking for by the, that very action. So that's what I've always tried to do is look outwardly rather than inwardly. But also, I think it's about taking responsibility. I think, you know, again, you can't play the blame game. It's very easy just to blame others, blame the world, blame the pandemic. But actually, no matter what happens, you need to take responsibility, be agile, push harder and really just keep your future vision in, in, in mind and, and keep working towards that. And bearing that in mind and, and your sort of personal philosophy, would you say the last six months has taught you anything? Have you, for example, changed your mind about any aspects of your personal philosophy or has it simply reinforced what you already thought you knew? Well, it's certainly tested it, um, I can assure you, um, because it has been difficult times. But uh, I think... You know, again, the last few months have shown to me that you know, ultimately, by by sticking to it and sticking to that that philosophy, ultimately, um, we've won through. During the pandemic, we helped a number of people in all sorts of ways outside of recruitment as well as in in inside the business world. And whilst that, from a financial perspective, didn't give us any gain, ultimately, it kept us going, kept us upbeat kept us agile so that when business-wise things did start to pick up, we were ready to go and we weren't licking our wounds and looking, as I say, looking internally. We were looking very much more outwardly. So I wonder now if I could ask you to sort of dig into your into into the sort of wisdom that you've gained over, over years of recruiting and, and meeting so many leaders that you've put into, into positions and chosen and found and that sort of thing. And I wonder whether particular traits have made themselves evident to you from those leaders? I mean, not just in terms of resilience, but just traits generally where you thought, ah, yes, you could, you start to be able to get a sixth sense, if, as it were, when you meet a new person that you're looking to recruit or, or to place and you think, ah, yeah, this person will make a good leader. I mean, does it happen like that? It, it does. Um, it, it, it's strange how, how quickly, most of the time, you, you can assess the leader. And, and for me, a lot of that comes around their passion, because I think the passion then drives a number of other attributes that, that make up good leadership. But they, they need to have a passion about their industry, about their business. And to me, that really shows and shines through when you compare good leaders against average leaders, um, because then that passion drives that, that interest and that eagerness to lead by example. Uh, rather than just a point and shoot type of leader and and people with passion have a vision and then they you know they to coin another phrase they bring their people on their bus with them on that journey and that, that to me is is key you know leadership is about leading not just instructing and telling people what to do it's a, a, a join me on this journey I'll, I'll i'll lead by example you follow me and and and, and the ability to bring different types of people together on that bus works and that's that's to me what makes good leadership 
I'm really interested that you talk about that, about bringing people on the bus, because I was my next question was actually going to be about the influence a leader can have over their people, because in, particularly in relation to, to, again, resilience. And I was wondering whether you felt that leaders could transfer their coping skills, could help their team to, to cope with adversity. I, indeed, absolutely. And again, it comes back to that passion. Passion, I think, is contagious. Um, and I think if, if you can instill that in your team, um, they will absolutely follow. I think hu- as human beings, we, we want to be part of a team. We want to be enthused. We want to be happy. And so if you've got a leader who is positive, uh, driven, and, and can set out a vision that you agree with and you something you want to aspire to, then you know, absolutely that, that can be transferred to your, your team. Uh, any leaders who are you know, negative and, 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 and all, always looking down on their team you know, will not bring those people along with them. And, and, and it's as simple as that. Very basic, you know, very, very basic principles, but they absolutely work. And again, in your experience, having met many of these people, do you think these leadership skills, particularly around resilience, can they be learnt? I mean, or, or are they sort of, or do you think they're inbuilt? I mean, because obviously if you're, if you're fortunate enough or maybe unfortunate enough to be leading a team at a very young age, you know, straight out of university or whatever, you know, maybe it would be, be tougher because you just don't have the miles on the clock. And I'm wondering whether you think a lot of this is about experience, it is about learning, or whether these, these things are rather inbuilt and we're kind of born with that ability. Well, I think some people have it inbuilt, certainly, but I, I, don't, I, I don't see any issue as to why these um, skills can't be learned, to be, to be fair. It's like anything, it just takes practice. And, and I think each individual needs to pick and choose what they're good at and then drive forward in those particular areas. As I say, it comes back to that passion. If you're, if you, if you can demonstrate passion, even as a, a as someone fairly young, uh, amongst your team, then those around you will want to be part of your team and want to stick with you. Um, and and that to me is leadership. Um, as long as you lead by a good example and people follow, you know, just like the Pied Piper, then absolutely, then. You can be young or old. I don't necessarily become, believe it comes with experience. In fact, some some of the older leaders um, that I've met, I feel have got into bad habits, um, and so therefore, you know, it's more difficult f- for them to come out of that complacency uh, and that perhaps negativity because of the adversity they've probably overcome in previous years. Now, a lot of us have had to work from home and uh, over the last few months, and and I think there's been a certainly a bit of a blurring of the lines between personal life and business life. And I wonder, with that in mind, whether you think that your resilience philosophy, your resilience coping skills and that sort of thing, do you think they they are the same in somebody's personal life as they are in business? Or, or do you think there's a sort of demarcation there? Well, up until February, I would have said there was, in most cases, an absolute demarcation between between the two. But what, I, what I've noticed certainly over the last six, seven months is that there are, there's an absolute blurring now between professional and family lives. And I think, which I think is a, great, is a good thing. It's in fact, it's a great thing in that, you know, often there was a lot of posturing in business um, and I, I was never a fan of that. Um, but I think that's now been blunted by the fact that people are being seen in their real environment, whether that's on video calls or just by um, having, as you say, working from their home environment. So I think what you're getting now 
are much more the, the, the reality and real people uh, in business as opposed to these business type personas that were put forward for so long. Um, now again, I suspect as we return to some form of normality, some people may return to that more formal approach and, and go back to their business persona. But I think for so many people, they, they've introduced their family and social lives into their business environment. And I don't think that will leave necessarily. So I think that's going to help business because I think you're going to get you know, a, a lot more genuine people and more openness rather than, as I say, the, these sort of business personas that people put forward for so long, for so many years. And that sounds like a very positive thing. Uh, in a sense, what you're saying is that the, you know, the, having been forced to, to change the way we work because of the pandemic, perhaps we've all become a bit more authentic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I welcome it because, as I say, I think that's you know, in whatever you do, people buy people, whether you're an accountant or selling widgets, people buy and want to work with people. And I think, yes, you, you, you'll have you know, many more honest and open relationships within business because of it. Now, as you know, these podcasts were uh, inspired by and, and came out of something called the Firestarter Forums, which were run by Firestarter uh, during the pandemic, still are run. And you know, a lot of interesting discussions, a lot of interesting things came out of that, including this discussion about resilience. And I was wondering, in, in terms of, of a coping mechanism, do you think those forums, things like those forums, have a part to play? Absolutely. Um, and particularly, I would say, for the smaller uh, business owners. Larger businesses, many are returning to their offices now, or at the very least, they will have uh, Zoom or other type uh, group meetings and so forth. And I think the Firestarter forums really give individuals that opportunity to, to hear others' thoughts. And I think that's, that's, that's key in business, um, to be open-minded to other people's opinions and, uh, uh, and, and thinking. So yeah, absolutely, um, being very beneficial from a, from a mental health perspective, I think it's good to to have uh, the chance to meet like-minded people and discuss you know all sorts of subjects, um, everything from resilience to sustain sustainability, whether that's office sustainability or personal sustainability. So no, absolutely, very valid, very valid indeed. Now you mentioned earlier on in the podcast that you felt one of the one of the most difficult things to deal with uh, was the lack of certainty over what comes next. And of course, you know, we, we still we're still in that situation now, even after six or seven months. And uh, we don't really know where this is all going to go and when it's going to end and that sort of thing. So bearing that in mind, I'm wondering how you feel you're able to plan ahead or are you able to plan ahead, you know, in the normal way where you look at, well, what's my business going to be doing in a year's time or two years time and that sort of thing. Are you still planning in the normal way in these uncertain times? Absolutely. Um, I've, I've always set short, medium term and long term goals. Uh, and so I think it's it's still the same. I think we, we still we still we're still setting you know daily and weekly goals. Uh, we know there's a lot of change going on around us. Um, and yes, those those goal posts may have to move. That may be imposed on us for uh, for reasons outside of our control. But you know that's what life is about. You know li life is always full of opportunity, but also adversity, and you just have to face up to it and adapt your plan accordingly. But uh, you know, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take away your final uh, or change your final vision um, and your final goals. It just means that the journey may be 
you know, slightly different to how you'd expected it initially. Um, so you just need to adapt. And, that, and that's another leadership trait that is key is adaptability uh, and, and being able to guide your team. You know, you may be going down one path um, at full speed, but at the click of a switch, you may need to move across into another direction and bring your entire team with you. And, and they've got to obviously believe in, in what you're doing. Well, thank you very much, Philip, for that wisdom and advice. You've been listening to the Resilient Leader podcast with my expert guest, Philip Chalk, the Managing Director at Hillcrest Search Limited, who's been sharing some of his leadership resilience approaches with us. If you've enjoyed the podcast and found Philip's insight useful, then why not join us on one of the Firestarter forums that we talked about in the podcast? They're held online on the second Thursday of every month. They're completely free of charge. All you've got to do is register on the Firestarter website at www.firestartersolutions.co.uk. We look forward to you joining us for our next podcast episode. But in the meantime, please subscribe and keep listening.